Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. And I'm your host, Tariq Elamine, and happy Friday, Jumu'ah Mubarak. It is great to be with you again on another Friday evening. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program, and we air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we, we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And even as we are adding new content to our website, it is still up and available for you. That is RadioIslam.com, where you can check out guest bios, programming, previous shows, articles, and a lot more. Now, folks, if you haven't already done so, and you're on social media, which we know you are, we know you're there, make sure you stop by and follow us. Instagram and Twitter, we're making it easy for you with the same, same handle, on both of those social media platforms, and the handle is at Radio Islam USA. I'm going to say it again for you, at Radio Islam USA, Instagram and Twitter. Now, if you're on Facebook, stop by our page, Radio Islam. Like it. Follow us there. And as a matter of fact, during each episode, our Facebook page is open, and we are always happy to inject whatever comment or question you might have into the discussion. So it is a wonderful day, wonderful Friday. We thank God for giving us this day. For those of you who are on the phone, feel free to call us at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Now, where should I start? I'm going to relay a statement from one of our guests. We interviewed a an activist by the name of Kathy Kelly earlier on this week in reflection on the 15th anniversary of the United States military's presence in Afghanistan. And throughout the course of our interview, she made a statement that has stuck with me since that point, and I would like to just share it again with you for something, just for something for us to think about, a little bit of perspective. She said, where you stand determines what you see. Think about that. Where you stand determines what you see. I'm not going to talk a long time about it, but I'll just say this much. In a climate where we are often quick to demonize, to cast judgment, to make determinations about people who share or who hold positions that are opposite our own, remember where you stand determines what you see. We all have a particular viewpoint and perspective, and it is based upon our experiences. It's based upon what we know, what we perceive. So hopefully, if we keep that in mind, it might make it a little bit easier for us to relate to one another, a little bit easier to get along and to have patience and bring about, bring about some peace. So thank you, Kathy, for for giving that 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 uh, that nugget of, of wisdom, um, it's like I said, it stuck with me since I think it was Tuesday when I talked to you. So we hope that you are traveling safely. Uh, safely, we know that you're on your way over to Afghanistan. I think today or maybe tomorrow. So travel safely. May God bless you with a safe journey and return. So, family, tonight is Friday. I'm sorry, tonight is Friday. Today is Friday. 
Yeah. Well, tonight is Friday, too. And that means that we are here at Radio Islam for the Friday night artist profile. And I'm really excited about this because this gives us a chance to connect with our Chicagoland artists, the poets, the singers, the musicians, the dancers, the authors, um, and gives us a chance to have a conversation and for you all to get to know a little bit more about them. So I am pleased to have in studio with us tonight, Yesha Abraham. She is the Artistic Director and Director of Educational Pro Programming at Planeta Azul, Brazilian Entertainment Group. Yesha is also a traditional Ethiopian dancer and on top of that, an active volunteer at Talif, Chicago, and Iman, Inner City Muslim Action Network. So, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. We thank you so much for, for being here with us. So happy to be invited. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All things work towards the good. Indeed. <laughs> so, the uh, the name, which I really love the name of the, uh, of the organization, the group, Planeta Azul. And when you were telling me that, I was like, okay, so I know enough Spanish to save my life. Uh, would you translate that for the uh, for the listening audience? <laughs> okay. Well, it means the same thing in Spanish as it does in Portuguese, which is Blue Planet. So the idea behind the name is that, hey, whenever people hear the sound of Brazilian music, no matter where you are on the planet, it's going to be something that you're going to enjoy. So it's all about people universally enjoying the spontaneity, the energy, and just the happiness that listening to Brazilian music brings to you. Uh, that's awesome. And in case you all didn't catch that, uh, I mishandled that one. Uh, that was, I, I appreciate you, Yesha, for, 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 for feeling that one that way. You said it means the same thing in Spanish <laughs> as it does in Portuguese. Yeah. So that's Portuguese. Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. So, well, that, that shows you I know, I know less about Portuguese. Oh, oh that's that's quite all right. That's quite all right. <laughs> but but that makes sense. Brazil, uh, Portuguese. That's the exactly that more, the more spoken language. Yes, it it is the it is the official language of Brazil. Yeah. Um. So, unlike the United States, Brazil actually does have an official language. So everything that yeah. you see in the media, in newspapers, in print, mm -hmm. it's in Portuguese. Okay. All right. So, um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, just about the, the mission of Planeta Azul and, and the history. Okay. Well, it serves a two-pronged mission. Um, there's the entertainment side, which is, you know, entertaining people, but also by giving them, when, when the time allows, according to how we get hired by the clients, to also inform people about Brazilian culture because people know that they like the way that the costumes look and the way that the music makes them feel, but they don't necessarily know about Brazil and Brazilians. So whenever we've got a window to go in there and to be able to explain a little bit, like, um, for example, if the band is playing a set, I'd like to say a little bit about the name of the song, who the composer was, and why they're important in Brazilian music history. Um, so the other side of what we do is education programming. Mm -hmm. And so we call that site Project Planeta Azul. So Project Planeta Azul. And um, our mission statement is to provide cultural educational programming and also social-emotional uh, social learning awareness through 
the introduction of Brazilian culture by way of music and dance. So the the vast majority of the students that we reach are children in economically underserved areas. So in Chicago, that means mostly black and mostly first-generation Latino children. Okay. So um, is there a, a sizable Brazilian uh, American population uh, within the Chicagoland area? Um, how sizable? I'm not sure. But there's definitely enough Brazilians here to make themselves counted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have the great fortune of being able to work with some of the most talented Brazilian musicians in the country that, you know, alhamdulillah, they all live in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not only blessed to be able to be in daily contact with Brazilians, but with some of the best and brightest in the artistic scene in the country. Okay. So what what do you do as the uh, in the role of, of artistic director, and in the role of artistic director, um, I work mainly on the dance side. So I am, I'm the person who's mostly in charge of new dancer intake, with doing choreography, with um, facilitating dancer training, and also when it comes to our book performances, I do I handle a lot of the booking. Um, I also work very closely with the with the group's founder, Rachel Montiel, and then also our music director, who is also co-founder, Luciano Antonio, and building up concepts for shows. Um, A lot of times, the client dictates what the show is going to be, but sometimes we get opportunities where we're actually building a night or building a show. One of the best examples of that was a short tour that we did for 10 days in China, in South, um, in, in South China, actually, in Guangdong province. Wow. We, um, we performed in three different cities, and we really, had to, we, we really had to build up a review. And for those of you who aren't really familiar with the term review, review is what you would call a show that combines band performance and then dance performance. So it doesn't quite follow a theatrical script, so to speak, but it does follow a script. It's a, it's all laid out, da da. You know, just like what you would what you would expect to see in a Vegas show. That's what a review is. Yeah, yeah. So is the music uh, the music is integral to the dance? Um, Absolutely, especially if you're talking about samba culture. So it, it. I mean, one thing that I always tell my dancers is. It doesn't matter how well you know the steps to the choreography. If you are not one with the music, it really does not matter. The music is what dictates how you're going to move and where you're going to move. So we, as dancers, have a responsibility to always know how to take our cues from the musicians. And conversely, the musicians have a responsibility to always be on top of their game so that they don't lead us astray. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a very very tightly uh, wound uh, relationship there. Yes, and it's one, that, it's one that requires that both sets of artists be mutually respectful of each other. And that's why I think that having programming like this is so impactful mm-hmm. in the areas that we go to because a lot of the times you have kids that really don't understand what it means to be responsible for each other because they're in survival mode so much. And what does survival mode mean? You're really just looking to protect your own neck. 
You right. don't take that. You don't take the time to look over your shoulder to see if somebody else is okay. Sometimes you're not even doing that for people who are in your own family. Mm-hmm. So, coming into our learning environment helps to develop that sense of teamwork. That idea that you are in a group. There's no one person who is going to be more important than the other, and we need to see each other's equals. Move as one body, play as one body, and be a cohesive group that puts together a performance that you can be proud of. Mm. So, do you do you all primarily work with young people, or do you have a a, a wide range of uh, of ages that you work with? Yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> so, I I mean, we have done workshops. Um, in places such as even nursing homes. So we've had the kids from seven, we've had children of all ages from seven to 70 is what I like to say. Yeah, like um, <laughs> so um, we do primarily work with the youth. Uh, we've worked for six years with the Town of Cicero Community Center. Mm-hmm. We've also worked in different community organizations and different Chicago public schools for the better part of about 10 years. Oh, that's another thing I want to announce. Uh, this year is 2017, and it marks the 10th year of Planeta Azul officially being in existence. So we had our first gig as Planeta Azul in January of 2007, and our client was Wrigley of all people. So wow, congratulations! All right, so we don't have we don't have any sound effects right now. We're working on those. So I'm going to go ahead and just oh, just hold, hold, I'm one a second. good sound effect. Here we go. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so uh the the, the young people uh, and the young at heart yes but the younger people uh specifically the ones that you work with are those are those primarily inner city uh, yes. children yes absolutely they are primarily inner city children and um really people like to paint the inner city with all one brush stroke and you just simply can't um each school that you're going to go into is going to have, they're going to have a lot of things in common with each other, but each neighborhood is different. Each school's culture is different. Whenever we go into a school, we have to know what the value system of that school is first so that we can walk into the scenario with our eyes as wide open as possible and have a better idea of what to expect out of the student body um, is this a school that's really tough on discipline? If the school is really strict on discipline and they get good results, then we can expect to have a responsive student body that's not going to give too much pushback when we have something new that's introduced. If you have a school that intends to do well on discipline, but they have a very limited amount of resources to really be able to effectively apply that desire, Mm. then you get a lot of pushback and you have instances where you could spend up to half of your residency just trying to sell your students on the idea of you even being their teacher in the first place. Um, The latter is definitely not the more desirable of uh, circumstances, but it's definitely a reality that we faced. And you just have to keep at it. You have to keep at it because there's going to be appreciation for it there are kids who could not stand to see our faces last year who now this year when we returned 
been extremely happy to see us. Just the fact that we remembered their names is something that really yeah. resonates with them and gets a big smile out of their faces. So you, it's really it's really impactful to see the types of things that stay with kids and just knowing that something as simple as being able to call them out by name and give them a smile. You know, I mean, it's, is there not a hadith that says that the smile that a smile is one of the biggest charities that you can give? Absolutely, it's not just a thing that Muslims say; it's a universal truth, and no more is. is and there's no population that that's more true for than with the youth. Right. So it's really important to just be as sensitive as you possibly can, even if those kids work your nerves raw, because they will. Do it. But you have to remember that they're kids and that you have no idea of what their lives are like before they enter a space with you. So they're carrying a lot of weight. And some of that weight is stuff that we can't relate to. Yeah. All we can do is just be there for them. Yeah. So this is primarily, is this during the school day or is it after school programming? It's or? been after school. It's been during school. Okay. Um, Depending on the site and their needs. So um, when we're in the school, we are directly hired by the school itself. And we're there to fill in a block of programming called specials. So in CPS language, that means that's a block of time where the homeroom teacher is not going to be bothered. Okay, And so um, in the elementary school, that means you get gym one day a week. Uh, you get library. You may or may not get music. And that's going to be that. That's the space that we can fill. Um, and then there's supposed to be character skills. Now, in the, in the school that we're working with right now, we're working the block that's supposed to be character skills. Yeah, you know what? We know you guys teach dance and drums, but could you also slide in some SEL stuff? Thanks a lot. <laughs> we love you a lot. <laughs> I mean. But yeah. you, but it makes sense because you really can't. Um, it's really difficult to teach children about how to work as a team if you're not dealing with, if you're not spending part of your time talking about how to develop that skill. For, for our for our listeners who may not be familiar with CPS uh, jargon, would you define SEL? Absolutely, and that was going to be my next step. Okay. So the acronym SEL stands for Social Emotional Learning. Yes. So what exactly does that mean? That means all the things that you would expect parents to be teaching your kids, their kids about at home, but, you know, people say, oh, it starts in the home. Yeah, it starts in the home, but not every home is created equal and we as educators we as caretakers of children have to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to fill in whatever gaps that parents are not filling for whatever reason so social emotional skills include things like proper decision making Um, it includes things like teamwork it includes things like being able to be introspective and introspective so knowing how to be able to turn the mirror on yourself and ask yourself the important questions and also to be able to look outward and decide what's the best way to operate when dealing with certain individuals at the level that they're at just basically understanding everybody else is not going to beat you so how do you deal with those kinds of people empathy um cultural sensitivity the list for all the SEL components is about a mile long. And right. so when you think about it, the fact that there's only supposed to be one day a week, one hour out of that day, 
that's devoted to t- talking to kids about how to deal with themselves and each other, it's, it, it's very easy to see that as a shortcoming. That's, that's a daunting task, I think, for anybody, even even if that was a, uh, an everyday um, focus. Yes. That, that's huge. But it let absolutely me ask this. is. Let me ask this. You mentioned, uh, and most people, I don't want to make the assumption, but a lot of people are familiar with uh, Samba, right? They hear Samba, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but is that the only, um, is that the only dance no. From, uh, you know, that's associated with, uh, with uh, the Brazilian uh, dance culture? No, it's not. Not by a long shot. Now, you are correct in saying that samba is the most, uh, is the most notable dance export from Brazil. Yeah. Um, so I'll start by just briefly saying samba is not what you see on Dancing with the Stars. I'm so sorry, but that is not Brazilian samba. Um, there is actually a ballroom samba out of Brazil that's called Samba de Gafieira. Just do yourself a favor and YouTube Samba de Gafieira. So that's samba and then D-E, separate word, G-A-F-I-E-I-R-A. It's absolutely beautiful. You'll never see anything like it on Dancing with the Stars. But to move on to the rest of your question, there are lots and lots of other dance styles. And it makes sense because if not for if, if not for the state of Alaska mm-hmm. being part of the United States, Brazil would be even larger than the United States. So Brazil is the largest country in South America and therefore has just as much uh, ethnic diversity and right, uh, racial diversity as you would see in the United States. So there are tons of different dances. So you've got the dances of the Northeast that come from uh, certain groups like Ileaye, which are very, very uh, deeply, um, deeply African-rooted dance styles. And then you have um, a band called Olodun, which does a style called Samba Hege, which is also very deeply Afri- uh, African-rooted, but it's a little bit more pop. And a, and a group like Ileaye, there's no room for anything pop. It's all Mama Africa, all everything. And they, up until very recently, they were quite exclusive about who the membership could be. It's like, um, it was the reverse of what you would call the Manila bag test, like, must be this light to enter. Wow. No, for them, it's like, yeah, must be this chocolate to enter. Okay. And so they've they've recently gotten more lax about that mm-hmm. um, to widen the representation of what it means to be black, according mm-hmm. to them. Um, and then you have... Um, and then you have people in the South on the absolute other extreme where you see the influence of Italian and German culture. And that stuff can sound and look more like polka. So, um, And then you have the people of the Amazon who do a style called Danza Toada, which are choreographies that are created as literal interpretations of song lyrics that are revolving around the celebration of a festival that happens in the summertime called uh, Boy Bumba. It, it's centered around a folklore about an ox, about a sacred ox. So those are just brief examples of things that are that that differentiate some says that there's other dances like dances a dance a dance on bigada, uh, a coco verde, um, carimbo, forró. There's lots and lots of different dance styles. Now, and these are all these are all different 
dance styles that uh, that the Radio Slam family can go to YouTube and just absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, does Planeta um, Azul have clips? Are there any clips that they might be able to look at there? Yes, um, we have a very comprehensive website. You can see the you can see the artist bios. You can see dancer photos. You can see um, group photos. You can also see performance clips. Uh, we have it all there. So whenever a client calls in and says, um, "Do you guys have any video clips to look at?" We have our reply is, "Do we?" <laughs> Just go to www.sambanchicago.com and you'll find everything you could possibly want to learn about Planet Azul Brazilian Entertainment Group. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do so the do the got tongue tap woman. Do the students. Um, in the, the programs, do they learn? How, how deep is that learning? Uh, because, I mean, you, you've just mentioned a lot, and I know that there's a lot more. Yeah. But and so, honestly, it, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a really good operational question. Um, how deep the learning is able to go really depends on how much time we're given. Right. So, if you, so just speaking from my perspective, in an ideal world, four contact hours a week over the course of 10 weeks would be really awesome. You're talking about 40 hours. Now, for us as adults, that's a work week, right? Mm. But for kids, that's four hours after school every week for 10 weeks, having the same things repeated and other things layered on and having a chance to perform it when it's still very fresh in their mind. You're able to develop. You're able to deliver a really good impact. Um, but, for example, right now in the school that we're at right now, we are there twice a week. But each time we're there, we're with a different group of students. So we only have ten contact hours per quarter, which in no way prepares the kids to be able to do a performance at the end of the quarter or anything like that. Um, it's really hard to communicate the fact that we need to have more contact hours when you're in a school system that is all about teach-to-the-test culture. Right. They don't, because a lot of these teachers don't have time for reiteration for retention. So why should we be any different in their opinion, right? Well, we need to be different if you guys want to see them do a job, if you want to see the kids do a show, and if you want to see them do a good job. It's that simple. But, it, it again, it's all a matter of what the client is going to allow. So if I had my way, the, the the learning would go real deep. But we, for the most part, really only get to scratch surfaces. Um, but in the time that we're allowed, um, we do our best to teach the kids certain vocabulary words in Portuguese, mostly centered around, um, mostly centered around what they're learning about so the names of the instruments in portuguese and how to spell them um to know what nescology samba is which means samba school to know that mastering means your group leader to know that pasista means a dancer in in a samba class in, in the samba costume so that during the again? It's pasista p-a-s-s-i-s-t-a pasista mm-hmm okay. um and and just to know what the concept of a samba school is um, and, and things like that. So we don't have a whole lot of time, but we try our best 
to pack certain things in there. And um, we even have other little side projects that we do for the kids to get them to learn about the value of recycling in Brazilian culture. So as people know, a very large portion of the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil. Uh, recycling is a very big part of Brazilian culture, not just because they care so much about the earth, but because there's a lot of poor people in Brazil. And so they don't necessarily always have the money to walk into an instrument store and buy a new instrument. They have to learn how to make instrument out, uh, instruments out of what other people may call garbage. Mm -hmm. And so we have kids collect empty containers. They could be pop cans. They can be water bottles. They can be um, empty little bottles of this of this little yogurt drink that gets sold called Yakult. Yakult is something that's really, really prevalent amongst our our Latino students, so it's really easy to ask them to collect those, rinse them out, and bring them, and then we can make little shakers out of them. And we experiment with different kinds of filling inside of there, so that we're not just getting, so that it's not just the task of learning how to make your own instrument and getting to play that, but also a little science, a little science lesson, knowing about the science of music. What's right. well, what creates different textures and sounds, and how come that happens? Sizes of particles and how those things move and things like that. So if we have sand, we can use sand. If we have, um, if we have rice, we use rice. And just hearing and, and and even hearing how they sound in different kinds of containers, whether they're metal or plastic or or anything of that sort. So they they get a big kick out of that, and it really sparks conversations about subject matters that they don't think they know anything about. A lot of kids hear science and they don't think that they know anything about science. Right. But when you break it down to just really common sense uh, answer questions, then they find out that they know quite a bit more than what they really thought they did. Radio Slime family, we are talking with Yesha Abraham of, <laughs> of Planeta Azul. And if you are just tuning in, our number is 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. We're going to take a short break and we'll, we will be right back on the Friday Night Artist Profile on Radio Islam. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov, brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Radio Islam 
the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show, produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Slam family. Is that is that new? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm feeling this. Just let that play for a second. <laughs> give, give it back to me for a minute. Just a minute. All right. Yeah, that's that's, that's real nice. Okay, all right. Uh, assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you. You are listening to Radio Islam. And this is the Friday Night Artist Profile. We are joined in studio by Yesha Abraham of Planeta Azul. But before we get back into our conversation... Uh, and I hope you have been listening because I have learned quite a bit myself. Um, but that just that just goes to show you. Maybe that just means I don't know very much at all. But it's a little self-deprecating humor for you all, for your for your benefit. Uh, no, I, I told um, told somebody I was going to give them a shout out this evening. So I'm going to make good on that. I want to give a shout out to Daniel and Minnie Abdullah. I hope you all are listening and having a great evening. Keep listening. Uh, and she wanted to make sure that I know she was listening, so she quoted me. Uh, she quoted the conversation from the other day. So thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening. Um, and let's get back into it. So, oh, our number, if you want to give us a call, 312-750-1178. 312-750-1178. And I'm going to pull up our... Facebook page real quick. So we are we are back at it. So let me ask you let me ask you this, uh, Yesha. So we talked about the the young people that you work with. Yes. Right. So what about the young at heart? Um, how you know what are how do they get involved with you? Do you offer classes? What does that look like? Um, usually what it looks like is people know that they have a, that they have a celebratory event that's coming up and they want to give it a uniquely festive flair. Um, they call us and they tell us what a budget is and we let them know what we can give them for, uh, for the budget that they provided. Um, we can provide anything from, uh, a one man show (laughs) that's just, uh, that, that's, that's singing and accompanying himself with guitar, or we can provide something as as as, as big and celebratory as a group of ten musicians followed by uh, that are accompanied by a group of seven to eight dancers. Um, again, it all depends on how much people are working with in terms of budget and how much entertainment they actually want. Um, sometimes clients want for you to build an entire night of entertainment for them, but um, many other times what they want is a really great way to be able to give energy to the rest of the night and kick off their own party. So they say, okay, can you come in and do something for 20 to 30 minutes before we go and take over the dance floor? What's that going to look like for us? 
Um, so it can look like anything from just uh, dancers going out and doing a performance to pre-recorded music, mm-hmm. um, dancers going out and uh, facilitating something called an hora loca, which is not a Brazilian concept. It's actually something that's come f- uh, to the U.S. by way of Venezuela, by way of Miami, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, which is um, just a really frenetic min- mix of different uh, of, of different really popular pop songs, dance songs, and it just goes from one song to the next, from one song to the next, and people are just, yay, oh my gosh, it's Pitbull, for like a minute and 30 seconds, and then the next thing you know, oh man, it's uh, whoever else is famous at the moment, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I'm about to date myself. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, I'll, I'll, I just won't date myself. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that, that's been a very popular format. Or it can be something that we our preferred one to do because I mean, as dancers, there's nothing like coming out to the sound of the live drums. We do something called a batucada a surprise parade. In so a batucada is uh, just a shortened form of samba batucada, which is the pure percussion samba sound that makes Carnival so famous. Um, so we come out and do a 20-minute parade presentation of that. And a lot of times the clients are saying, oh, that's not long enough, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. After 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes is enough time. And, I mean, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, right? No, that's a lot. But a dance? it is a lot. It's a ton. And, honestly, because of the, <clears throat> because of the contagious nature of the music, People really don't want to sit down and watch this mm-hmm. for that long if they're not going to be given the chance to get up and participate. If you don't give them the chance to get up and participate, you lose them after the 15-minute mark. Yeah. And so it's either, okay, we're going to cut this short at 15 minutes, or you're going to allow us to expand this so that we can provide a component where we can get the, the audience directly involved. Sometimes... They say, all right, let's get the audience involved. And sometimes they say, oh, yeah, you got a point. Let's just cut it short at 15 minutes. <laughs> it's, you, it's your world. You're the client. It's right. all good. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've been able to, to, to provide um, services to people that are, as, that are as freewheeling and easygoing as a Colombian wedding to something that's been as conservative as, you know, a Muslim wedding anniversary. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, people think that you can't go and perform samba in something that's going to cover. Yes, you can. <laughs> and we make it look cute, too. Right. So <laughs> it's it's all about being able to please the client. And it's something that we've had to learn how to do being in the Midwest. Um, it's easy. It's easily the most conservative corner of the country when it comes to entertainment. More conservative, really? more conservative than the Bible Belt, if you can believe it, because wow. we have performed uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas. That's Bible Belt. They wanted the full shablam bikini look, and that's what they got. Mm-hmm. Um, our our most conservative clients are here in the Midwest. Absolutely. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah. Well, I know I heard. I know I heard crazy when you were talking about, what do you say, fr- uh, Freneta Loca? 
Oh, is that what you said? Ora loca. Ora loca. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that just immediately. Yeah, it just means the crazy hour because it, oh, ora. La, yeah, la, la, yeah, it okay, means the crazy yeah. hour because it is crazy. Um, the people are just out on the dance floor. You know, there's like there's no smooth transitions to the music. You just go to the next thing. They, nobody knows it's coming next. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wearing all kinds of props. Um, a lot of times, it's just the novelty stuff, like the the oversized sunglasses. The cat in the hat hats. Mm-hmm. Um, they're waving the two balloons. Um, they're wearing Mardi Gras beads, um, Hawaiian lays, feather boas. You know, just just keeping it really <laughs> fun and you know crazy, as the name indicates. Yeah. So, do you all train dancers to join? Uh, do you operate? You, it, it sounds as if you operate as, as a company, like a dance company. Yes, yes, we do. Okay, so do you train dancers to join you, or do you only take on dancers that already have training? Well, I'll tell you one thing: it definitely makes it easier when you have a dancer that's already versed in the genre. Mm-hmm. But um, the vast majority of the dancers that we've taken on, and the ones that have still stayed with us, are the people who learned what they know about samba from us. Really? Yes. That's 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 kind of cool. Yeah, it and it really is. And the thing is that in amongst our dance group, we really strive to create an atmosphere that's um, that's welcoming, that's inviting, that is professional. Which means we can't always be your girlfriend when it's time to be in rehearsal. You need to be about this business. And if we see that you haven't been rehearsing in your own spare time, you're going to hear about it because. We're not paying you not to do your homework when you're at home. You, right. <laughs> you're getting paid a nice amount to be at this gig. Earn it, mm-hmm. you know, and don't just and and don't waste our time going over an assignment that you did not complete before you're supposed to. Um, well, not before you're supposed to, but when you were supposed to. Right. Um, yeah, but we we love everybody that's on our team. We invest in them. We want to see everybody do well. You know how they have this thing that says, you know, your chain is only as strong as its weakest link? Right, absolutely. It applies to everything. It applies to everything. There's one thing that our founder, uh, Rachel, always says, what you learn about Samba, you're learning about life because of the way that the dance group is run, because we have a very professional standard for how things need to be. So when you're showing up for when you're showing up for rehearsal, when you're showing up to do a gig for us, you're showing up for work. And you have to treat showing up for our gigs just as much as you would have to treat coming into your own job that you're getting a nine to five paycheck for or whatever your shifts are, but you get what I mean. <laughs> so um, my familiar, uh, familiarity with dance, uh, it is basically relegated to my daughters and my sisters who have, um, matter of fact, I have one sister who was very much, you know, uh, into dance, a mm-hmm. lot of training and all, you know. Um, but with the nature of the, the dance uh, that, that you do, when it comes to the group choreography, is it like everybody doing uh, as a uniform choreography or is there, or is it like separate parts that are uh, intertwined and you know how how does it look or does it depend on what the what the the number is it does definitely depend on what the number is um we do um in our choreographies 
what we like to do is have moments, well, especially if you're talking about strictly samba music Mm -hmm. and uh, live music, we like to have moments where we are doing ensemble choreography and then solo breakouts. Okay. Um, We like to alternate between that. If it is pre-recorded music, then for the most part, it is going to be group choreography. Okay. So let me ask this. Do you all offer, because you said the ones, some of the, the folks that you have with you are people that have learned what they learned about Samba from you all. That is correct. Right. Uh, so do you hold like regular classes or maybe periodic workshops where folks who are interested in learning where they can come out and kind of get a, get their get their beak sweat so to speak yeah uh, we do have periodic workshops um, sometimes con- clients do contact us for the purpose of just being able to give them their own personalized workshop I've done Whoa. little bridal boot camps which is which is a lot of fun um, you as an instructor you like to know that wherever you're showing up at that your students have mutual respect for their time and for yours. Um, So the best way for us to achieve that is to have periodic workshops. Um, Our most notable periodic workshop that we had was when we had a guest instructor in from Rio. Her name was Gilles de Oliveira, who is arguably one of the best samba dancers in the world. Um, She was already here in the U.S., and we were lucky enough to be able to snag her to come over and do workshops for us. And it was a transformative experience. It was just one of those things where it's like, oh, Lord, I thought I knew about Samba. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. Teach me everything and daily play. <laughs> so aside from, aside from, from her, um, are there any other heroes that you have uh, in dance? Any sheroes that you have in dance? Yeah, I mean... My dance team, um, mm-hmm. especially our founder, Rachel, mm-hmm. and um, a girl who started out being our student and who <laughs> turned around and just kind of is mopping the floor with all of us and is and is somebody that we've learned from wow. so much. I mean, that's really the ultimate goal as an instructor, Right. Yeah. To, or, or a teacher is to be able to see your students surpass you. And that's what she did. And uh, I am proud to say that she is going to be the first American to go and parade as part of one of the elite dancers in a top school called Imperio Sejano. Mm. Um, she's going, she's, she, she was in a contest to be able to be part of this group. And she got in. She was the only person from the United States who made it. Wow! And so when we when when it was when when the results were announced and we heard there was only one person from the U.S., I was like, ah, oh, dang! <laughs> and then heard her name, Christina Hayes. Wait, what? Oh my God! That's our girl. That girl from the crib. She from our crib. Ah, you know. <laughs> right. So it was just it. It was amazing. It's not something that I could. It was not something that I could do, mm-hmm. but it's something that she could do, and it's something that she could do because she started out with us. And mm-hmm. so, it's just like when she's out there, I'm gonna be acting like 
she's out there with me on her back. Right, right. <laughs> with the whole team on her back, really. Um, it's interesting because um, you would think that something that has such a happy energy as, as Samba does would be a lot more celebratory and more inclusive amongst the dance community itself. That's not really been our story. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, there's there had been a, quite a contention for a while about us being women of color who were non-Brazilians, mm. who were dancing samba in costume. And luckily, we've been able to we've been able to attain such a level of professionalism mm-hmm. that the only people it matters to are the people who are complaining about it because they're not getting the they're not getting the gigs that we get. Um, it doesn't matter to our clients, mm-hmm. and it hasn't mattered to the other people in the samba world in Brazil that we've gotten the chance to know and develop relationships with over the years. And so, you know, we don't have very many other dancer friends, but all of us who are on the team together are very close. It's a sisterhood, and there's nothing else like it. Mm. So I feel very grateful to have this group small. It may be, but it's our group. (laughs) Right. You know what? uh, We say this, the more more and more we do this uh, between uh, Ibrahim and I, that the time just flies by so quickly uh, during this hour. And one of the things that I wanted to ask before, because we're getting, we're winding down, is we didn't get to talk about the Ethiopian uh, dance. And could you give us just kind of a, a, a quick overview of that, some, just some insight into that for our, our listeners? Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll be as brief as I possibly can about a country that has 70 different ethnicities, <laughs> all with their own languages and dances. So... Um, <laughs> I'll start. I'll I'll start with the most uh, with the most easily recognizable dance that comes from Ethiopia, which is called the skusta, and yeah. so skusta is the is the shoulder dance that people see associated with with, with yeah the, that, the, 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 the that's the, what that is yeah it's called skusta. So um, as as you a, a lot of you know. Um, Michael Jackson spent a lot of extensive time in Ethiopia, and after he came back. Um, there were a lot of different changes to his dance style. And Ethiopian people, when they see it, we know where that came from. So the the thing with him going like that, yeah. that's Ethiopian. Okay, so what you all can't see, right, is the, the, the neck move the side to side. Yeah, when he does the side to side with the yeah. shoulders, that is Ethiopian. When you see him in the jacket... That he's wearing the black jacket with the gold brocade on it in the We Are the World video. Yeah. That is a shaman variation <laughs> of an Ethiopian wedding jacket that men wear. So it's usually a long cape, mm-hmm. and but it's a cape that has sleeves in it. So what he did was he got that and he shortened it. Really? Yep. That's exactly what he did. It took me a while to to check it, but like the after watching the We Are the World video for probably like the five thousand eleventh time, right, right. Um, I caught it. I said, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, and so it makes sense because 
We Are the World was to raise money for uh, for the famine for for the awareness around the 1985 famine. Right. Um, so all that to say is that if you watch a professional Ethiopian dance troupe, they're going to be well versed on anything from four to about ten different regional styles in order to create their own dance review. Um, and I say review because um, most of the time they are accompanied on stage by live musicians. Um, so there are many different uh, regional variations on it. Um, I know about four different regional variations. Um, there is a dance called Shagoye that's from the Oromo, the RC Oromo people. Um, if you guys have ever seen the AKAs do their little hair whip, mm-hmm. they got that from us. Really? Yes, they got that from us. Um, and Because that's what Shagoye is. It's when it's, it's whipping the hair all around. Um, then there is something called guragi, um, which I really can't explain what the dance looks like, but it's the one it's, it's the one genre that when the music comes on that everybody gets up. When, when white people hear it, they get up and they're like, yes, because because it's, not, it, it's very reminiscent of like the early rock and roll styles and stuff like that, so... And and then um, and then the most notable style from the north, uh, from the north of Ethiopia, in Tigray, there's a dance called Guayla, which is performed in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people stay in the circle, turn around. It's uh, tradition. It's ideally like male female, male female, and then they turn around to each other, form pairs, and then just kind of challenge dance. We like to do a lot of challenge dancing in Ethiopia. So. so what I see is that um, <clears throat> we're going to have to get you back in just so we can talk about Ethiopian dance. Sure. Okay. I'd be more than happy to. So, uh, Yesha, thank you so much for, for joining us for the Friday Night Artist Profile. And we're going to have to get you in just on a regular day. Okay. okay? That sounds fantastic. So, uh, Radio Slime family, we hope that you have enjoyed uh, this conversation. Uh, I certainly have. Um And we hope that you have a great weekend. So uh, our engineer at WCEV, as we close out, is Leonard. Leonard has been working over there. Thank you so much for doing what you do over there for us at WCEV, Leonard. Uh, Our engineer uh, on the boards here, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Elamine. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and all those other good spots. Radio Slime is a Sound Vision production. Views expressed are the views of the host and the guests and not of the Sound Vision Foundation. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. I leave you, Radio Slime family, as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you.